This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. Right, and that's my perfect lead-in, right, to introduce our guest, who's Jessica Wall, a reporter at Ad Age, and she has been recently writing a bunch, she writes a lot of articles, she's been doing this for a while, but she's been writing a bunch of recent articles about this change of these brands, these CPG firms that have been dropping their racist branding. Hello, Jessica, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell us some of the, since you're a reporter, report. <laughs> tell us what's been going on in these uh, branding campaigns. So I mainly cover the food industry, food and restaurants. And uh, the past few weeks have been busy on this beat with Aunt Jemima sort of started the, the trend, if you will, of saying that they were going to get rid of the Aunt Jemima name and image. Obviously, it's one that has racial stereotypes. It's been around for 131 years. Um, the brand has been owned by PepsiCo since 2001, and they've now decided that now is the time that the packaging and the name seem inappropriate. So they are finally going to change those. Uh, that started sort of a groundswell of brand changes in the packaged food industry. Really, really quickly, we saw a lot of other brands say that they were going to consider changing their brand names or saying that they were going to change brand names that, quite honestly, some consumers have been pushing for for decades. So you're seeing things like the man on the box of cream of wheat. You're seeing things like uh, the bottle of Mrs. Butterworth syrup that will start to evolve to catch up to what are now seen as the right types of images and portrayals to have of Black people and other people of color on packaging. Uh, one of the most recent ones was Eskimo Pie said that it would drop its name. Yes, I love it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, it's interesting, though, also, Jessica, because, you know, to pull it back a little bit to previous history, Land Lakes was another one that jumped into the fray. This was earlier, I believe, uh, when they announced yeah. that they would uh, get rid of the uh, Native American imagery. Or I think there's like a picture of a of a, of a Native American uh, woman as part of the. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. So it, it is kind of this interesting thing. But what? why are they doing this suddenly? I mean, it's not like. You know, it, 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 there's always been like naysayers who have said, you know, this is offensive. This is politically incorrect. This is whatever the sure. negative. So so why why now? Is it just because are we at a sort of a flashpoint in history? What's going on? Well, Americus, I think you're totally right. And I think what's interesting about the Land of Lakes move is that when it was first announced in February, they didn't actually say they didn't make a bold statement saying, hey, we're taking the Native American woman off this packaging. What they came out and said was as part of a 100th anniversary celebration of our brand, which is going to happen next year, we're gonna start uh, showing our farmers on the packaging. Well, if you put two and two together, you figure out what's getting taken off the packaging in order to put those farmers on the packaging. But the brand really walked a line and didn't come out and say, we've probably been racist for a really long time and we're just catching up to it. Uh, not to put any words in their mouth, but that's what a lot of people interpreted it as. And the timing was interesting because as people started baking more, as people were home because of the coronavirus and they went and bought butter, they realized that that woman was no longer on the packaging. And that's when people really started to notice the Land Lakes change. Uh, people were home, people were buying more packaged food, and they were taking a look at what they were buying. A lot of the brands that are doing well right now are brands that people may not have had in their in their kitchens for a long time. And so they're paying and you're paying more attention to it, right? I mean, you're home, you're cooking more. Now you're starting to be able to go out to restaurants. But if you're in the grocery store and you're looking at packaging, you're noticing it more. Uh, social media campaigns 
and things like change.org petitions have gotten a lot of uh, attention in the past few years. So brands are under more pressure now to respond to the public because the public is talking to the brands more directly. I always find trying to take the counter perspective uh, to be an interesting thought exercise. And while I will say I'm no fan of the current administration, one of the things that is an interesting point that has been made is this point of, okay, if you start taking down things, taking down statues, taking down this, changing stuff, the question that gets asked is like, where does the line get drawn? So I want to get you guys' thoughts on this as a brand. At what point, so at what is the decision criteria where you say, you know what, it's, it's time to change because I looked at data point X and what is that data point X? Is it a percentage of consumers who are unhappy with what you're doing? And if that's the question, what's the percentage? Does it just need to be one person to say, hey, this offends me? And then you say, okay, well, I got to go and change everything. Or like, where, where do you, how do you, how do you even come up with a decision calculus that, that, that allows you to say what, what, what you should be doing and what you should not be doing? What are your thoughts on that, Barbara? Well, I have thoughts and let me let Jessica talk because I, I have a whole speech prepared on this. Oh, sure. So make me go first. When I have a speech prepared. <laughs> Lovely. Um, well, one thing, <laughs> one thing I would say is, Hopefully, the makeup of people within these organizations has changed, and um, a lot of companies are coming under pressure right now to have more diverse ranks, particularly in marketing. So if you have a more diverse group at the table that's reviewing these brands and reviewing these brand strategies and reviewing their campaigns and coming up with all of them, then you are going to want to have something that feels right to a wider variety of shoppers. at the end of the day, all of this is done to sell more product. And now is the time when packaged food in particular, and we could talk about all the things that are being done with personal care products and, and different kinds of products that are now all coming out as, as brands that people feel need to evolve. But you want something out there that is going to be appealing to the largest possible shopping group. Um, I think now companies are taking a closer look, whether it's at their board of directors, their C-suite, the people that they're bringing in for internships, all kinds of levels of organizations are changing. And perhaps that's part of the reason you're starting to see this change now, because there are more people speaking up at the table. And if so, more power to them. It's taken a long time for that to happen, but maybe that's why it's starting to happen. But I'm very curious to hear what Barbara has to say. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I I agree with that perspective. It isn't what I was going to say, so it's interesting. But I I mean, I agree. There's now calls, just just to make your point again, because I think it's a very important point, and I don't want to lose it, that um, it's changing who's working in these companies. And until they start getting a diverse set of people inside the companies, they're going to have all white male opinions, uh, and it's time to have more diversity every step of the way. So I completely agree with that. And as you mentioned earlier, that earlier, that reflects the population and you're much better to market to a diverse population if you have a diverse group of people making the decisions. What I was going to say is I would believe that the better brands, I mean, a lot of brands started in 1800 and that's why they're strong, like Ivory Soap or, or some other brand, Mr. Clean, you know, there are tons of these brands that started. I think the better brands have evolved slowly over time and modernized and reflected the environment they're from because they've been much more customer focused and looking at market data. A firm that's very product 
focused and just like looks at it from their point of view may miss that the imagery has been out of date for 50 years. In my mind, imagery that's been out of date for 50 years is not a good brand because they're not reflecting what's going on in their marketplace and they're very product focused and not consumer focused. So I actually think that, you know, responding to a discrete event, which seems to be what some of them are doing now, and particularly the role, you know, the, the landslide that Aunt Jemima mentioned and all these others came after that, that was not reflecting customer value. That's reflecting, we better do it or no one's going to buy us anymore. That's not, you know, trying to provide customer value to me. So it's better that they're doing it now, but I think it says you should have been looking at your branding all this time and seeing whether or not you were providing value. I think that they were relying on repeat purchase, mindless buying, you know, so people just buy the same thing and they didn't want the package to look different. So they weren't questioning, but it's obviously, and you would see, by the way, up until very recently, we talked about this on our last half hour, up until very recently, all these legacy brands had been seeing significant. And Jessica, you probably know this also, a lot of the legacy brands up until recently in the food business had seen the declines in market share as these new brands that are better attuned to what customers really want steal the share from them. So it's kind of a lesson. Do you agree with that? I do. I think that a lot of these brands have been under pressure for years. And so nothing brings attention to a brand. I mean, all publicity is good publicity, maybe. Um, I can't remember the last time that I wrote a story about cream of wheat, about Uncle Ben's really, about Aunt Jemima, about Mrs. Butterworth's. Mrs. Butterworth's, I will say I wrote about uh, a couple of years ago because they had her in a campaign with Colonel Sanders from KFC, which (laughs) um, you can go and look for it. But she dances. She does like the I've had the time of my life dance from Dirty Dancing with Colonel Sanders. Oh, um, they had a chicken and waffles. uh, Oh, I see. Interesting. Interesting. But but really, these are, to Barbara's point, these are brands that have not really gotten a lot of attention from shoppers or maybe even from their organizations in some time. They have campaigns now and then, but these are not big, huge, blockbuster, Super Bowl ad types of, of brands. These are the brands that people may have been passing over for trendier food products, whether it was a different rice that cooks in a microwave bag or a cereal that was gluten-free or something like that, right? There are all these different categories of food where uh, shoppers have been spending their dollars in the past few years. Is there, and Jessica, have you written about that at all? Like the, the situation of brands and what roles they should play in society? Is that in your food beat or something you think about? It's something I keep an eye on. It's something that I'm working on. So we'll we'll see what comes of it. Um, definitely doing some reporting as to how far should brands go and, and that sort of thing. Um, I think it was Americus who said earlier, right? Like a brand needs to stand for something. If you try to try to fit your brand to fit for everybody, you're not going to stand out to anybody. Uh, so brands do need to take a stand. And there are brands that take stands and people say they're going to boycott. And that happens, you know, every few weeks or every few months, depending <laughs> on what the trends are. Um, you know, but you see a company like Unilever, a brand like Ben and Jerry's, I mean, Ben and Jerry's has a very strong position about racial equity and racial justice and it's ice cream. Why does an ice cream brand need to take a stand like that? And people will say, well, I'll just go buy another ice cream if that's something that they don't agree with. But the people who do agree with it are really happy that Ben and Jerry's is taking a stand That's right. or a company like seventh generation, which is also now owned by Unilever, a brand like seventh generation, which it's a pretty clear product message. It's different than 
another cleaning product on the market. And there are people who will seek that out because it aligns with their values. Anyway, thank you, Jessica, so much for joining us today. Where can our listeners go to keep up with you and your work? The best place to go would be our website, adage.com. And they can follow me on Twitter at Jessica Wall. That's Jessica W-O-H-L. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.